What win-loss record should be deemed a successful season for the Carolina Panthers? I'll tell you right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, at Julian Council on Twitter where on Fridays and hmm, by the way today's Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council to get those questions into me on next week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag and the weekly Friday mailbag is back as we are one two three four days away from the Carolina Panthers all reporting to training camp. The rookies will report tomorrow, but the vets will be there on Tuesday, and the Carolina Panthers on the 6th will be there in, well, jerseys and shorts. Not pads just yet, but they'll be on the practice field down in Spartanburg, South Carolina at Wofford College for training camp ahead of the 2023 season. And I am so excited to get there, and I'm excited to answer your questions. Now, I understand that's been a minute since we did a mailbag. Did not get a lot of questions this week. Enough to do a show, which is good. That's the important thing. But come on. We're, we're doing We're back. Come on. We're back. Okay? We're back to daily. We're back to the season. Kind of. Yes. No. Maybe so. But we're back. So let's get more participation. Next week, I did have someone say to me that they had trouble trying to DM me. Maybe that's a Twitter Elon Musk problem. Maybe you've left Twitter. I don't know. But either at me on Twitter or DM me on Twitter. You can also hit me up on threads. You can do that if you want. You can DM me on Instagram. It's all at Julian Council. If that's what you want to do, just hit me up. Let's get those questions in next week as I want to have a bigger, more robust mailbag as we are ready for the season. And we'll be like three days into training camp. But let's go ahead and start off by talking about what would we deem as success for the Carolina Panthers in 2023. Now, Travis sent this to me saying, I've been thinking about this upcoming season, my expectations for this team. I feel like a 9-8 and or 8-9 and record would be a successful season for this team. What would you consider a successful record? He also wants to know what the best food in Bank of America Stadium is. Um, I have not been a, well, like, I mean, I've been there for like soccer games. I've been to a Panthers game in a minute. I was always a Bojangles guy, and I did see Bryce Young um, now partner with Bojangles. And for all the folks out there concerned about Bryce Young, he's too skinny. He's not going to put up weight. Um, he's got Bojangles. He's got the sweet tea. He's got the Supremes. He's got the biscuits. Hopefully, Bowberry biscuits. He's going to be fine. Just get him on the Bojangles diet, and we ain't got to worry about it. And also protect him. But either way, back to the Panthers and what would be deemed a successful season. We talked to uh, Mike Kay yesterday, the Charlotte Observer, and he was just talking about, and I asked him, because, you know, I could kind of feel Mike being like, you know, people were excited, which is good, but I could feel him kind of feeling that, hey, maybe we should all just kind of pump the brakes a little bit on this team. Now, I do agree with Mike in that the Carolina Panthers are going to be playoff contenders. Now, I don't necessarily, I don't think necessarily said that, but if they are playoff contenders, it's going to be more about 
the division than the actual quality of the team. Now, I do think this is a better team than what the Panthers had last year, and I do agree that Steve Wilkes was able to overachieve with this team, which is also why I felt like Steve Wilkes should have been the head coach. I'm totally fine with Frank Reich, excited about the staff, but that's why at the time I was saying, give Steve Wilkes a job. Now, I understand why David Tepper decided not to do that, went out there and got the best staff possible, and really that's his job, and I've loved the process that he's had so far this offseason in trying to do it right the second time around here in Carolina. And we can all look back at our lives and see how we got things wrong the first time and how with time and age and experience, we got to right the second time around and that's the hope here in Carolina with Frank Reich as the head coach and now Bryce Young as a quarterback and a more natural hire a coach use the GM to do that and then go draft a quarterback instead of what they were doing over the last couple of seasons here in Carolina during the offseason trying to do quick fixes so I do agree with Mike that the Panthers not aren't necessarily like there yet this is probably a two-off season rebuild. You don't just go from a team that fired their coach after five weeks to getting a new coach and then like, hey, voila, we're here. There are a lot of pieces to like on this roster, like the offensive line. I think it's a very good unit, and I think it can only continue to get stronger, and I do like the depth back there for them. Running back, I like Miles Sanders. I think it can be a workhorse back, and the other guys there I think are good enough. Wide receiver is going to need a lot of work. Yes, Thielen, Chark can have good seasons here in Carolina, but there's not that bona fide number one that scares you. And overall, there's more options, but how good are those options at wide receiver? So that, for me, leaves a lot to be desired. Tight end, I feel good about Hayden Hurst. Needs to be healthy behind him. We'll see what Tommy Trimble and Ian Thomas can do. I feel like Ian Thomas is kind of who he is at this point, but in a new offense where he's actually going to be taught how to run routes, same thing with Trimble, maybe they get more out of him. But offensively, if they can run the football well, the receivers are good enough, and Bryce has his rookie ups and downs, but hopefully enough ups, they should be a lot better. And all we're looking for is average. We're looking for a competent offense in Carolina. Because the last couple seasons, it has not been competent. It has not been something you could win with. It's been one-dimensional run the football if they could do that. There has been no semblance of a passing game aside from 2020 when Teddy Bridgewater was here and y'all hated him and were cursing him every Sunday. So I think they're going to be better offensively. Defensively, there's a lot to like. You got two stars in Derrick Brown and Brian Burns. You got solid linebackers and Shaq Thompson. We'll see what Frankie Luvu can do. Um, in his, his second year as a full-time starter. I like what they have in the secondary, if healthy. Of course, that corner, J.C. Horn, can be a star. He's just got to be out there. Dante is what he is. We'll see what he does bouncing back from the Achilles. That's certainly a concern. Then at safety, Von Bell was excellent in Cincinnati, a great leader by all accounts. And Xavier Woods, like Mike said yesterday, a great communicator and a solid, reliable player. And in special teams-wise, Hecker's a great punter. Got a good kicker in Pinero. J.J. Jansen's back. Chris Tabor's a good coordinator. Like, there's a lot to like about this team. Is there a lot of top-in talent offensively? No. At least it hasn't presented itself to this point in time. Is there top-in talent defensively? Yes. And there's a good enough players overall that are starters that you feel good about that unit in the scheme. Is there a ton of depth on this roster? No. There isn't. But that's kind of been the case the last couple seasons. At least the starting talent feels like it actually is NFL caliber and the coaching will be better. So when you put all that together, you're expecting a better football team than last season. It's still a miracle that Steve Wilkes won as many games as he did last year here in Carolina. In particular, with the same issues that Matt Rule caused 
and came into the season. Didn't have great quarterback play, even though Darnold played the best six weeks of his career. But at the end of it, the turnovers against Tampa Bay. We can litigate whose fault it was or not. Turnovers follow Sam Darnold like a plague. And then we saw week 18 against New Orleans was back to just a guy you just cannot win with. But he won with them. He won with the running game and with a strong offensive line and a defense that had its ups and downs, but was enough to win and keep it in some of those games in the second part of the season. So when you look at that, you would think with better coaching, an actual quarterback who, of course, is a rookie going to have those growing pains and all the other things that we brought up, that this is a team that should be better. But what deems success? I mean, record-wise, yeah, they're 8-9, and 9-8. Nine, nine and eight, I think they're right there in the thick of things in the NFC South once again, and maybe even in the wild card in the NFC. I have said multiple times now, what really matters to the Carolina Panthers in a year where they're bringing in a new coaching staff, new schemes, some new players, a new quarterback, what matters the most is the development of Bryce Young and what he looks like. Because if Bryce Young, after 18 weeks, 17 games of the season, doesn't look like the guy, that's a problem. That would deem an unsuccessful season. Now, if they go to the playoffs and he still struggles, then you would maybe tell yourself, oh, well, hey, if it doesn't work out, then you'll get a guy. But it doesn't work out, you know, are you really going to be able to find the next guy in two, three years? That's not the plan. The plan is for Bryce Young to be the starter and to work. So what deems a successful season is not really about the record. It's about number nine under center. We're really primarily under the, in the gun and what he's able to do and what he looks like. Because we've seen, as people talk themselves into Kyle Allen and that Will Greer was going to replace Cam Newton and then Sam Darnold and then P.J. Walker, if they ever did that, and then Teddy Bridgewater, where they did all that, we saw the value of good, of good quarterback play. We also saw the value of a good coaching staff. I think they have that now. And I think they can have a good quarterback. But that's to be determined. And really, that's what matters most heading into the season. Now, the team goals, obviously, you want to say would trump the individual goal of making sure Bryce Young is good and wins. But everything they've done so far this offseason has put Bryce Young, is to have put Bryce Young in the best situation to succeed as a rookie here in Carolina this season. So when I look at what deems what determines a successful season here in Carolina, it's the development of Bryce Young and seeing those flashes that he is the guy here in Carolina. Eight wins, nine wins, going to the playoffs. Obviously, all of that's great. But they're striving for so much more. And David Tepper wasn't talking about playoffs when they drafted Bryce Young. They were talking about winning Super Bowls. Can he look like one of those guys who eventually could lead you to a Super Bowl? That's what matters. That's what can determine success. Wins, losses, all that obviously matters, but I don't think that's the most important thing for the Carolina Panthers heading in 2023. Call me crazy if you want, but Bryce Young and his development, that's the most important thing. And really, some ways, the only thing that matters for the Panthers moving forward if they want to have any sort of long-term sustained success here in Carolina. So, speaking of Bryce Young, are we putting too much emphasis on Bryce Young? And is he being overhyped? One Panthers fan wants to know that, and we'll answer that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. 
Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So a draft prep underway for the upcoming season. Let's see who Vinny has picked out for this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Looking to make a smooth turn in fantasy football snake drafts with the last pick in the first First round and the first pick in the second round, you'll be guaranteed to have two of the surest performers by going all AFC West with Raiders wide receiver Devontae Adams and Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Adams has proved he remains a reliable top selection in Las Vegas, while Mahomes will again operate with both the highest floor and ceiling among the standout luxury options at his position. Vinny Iyer from Lockdown Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With eBay guaranteed fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it. eBay Motors has it and they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay guaranteed fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your car the first time so go forth switch gears crank the ac and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go with ebay guaranteed fit everything your vehicle was calling for is just a click away for the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle just look for the green check get the right parts the right fit and the right prices at ebaymotors.com let's ride ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers eligible items only Exclusions apply. Yes, the team, the team, the team. They're called the Carolina Panthers, not the Carolina Bryce Youngs. I'm sure I'll get those comments after what I just said there before. And I understand how you would likely, maybe, I don't know, likely, but how some of you might roll your eyes on all that matters is Bryce Young's development. Well, guys, they traded up all those assets to get Bryce Young. And they built a coaching staff offensively to help coach Bryce Young. They gave him as good of receivers as they possibly could have this offseason for Bryce Young to be in a situation where he could hopefully, you know, succeed and how they could actually be able to evaluate him this upcoming season. So it's all that's happened this offseason does not really matter if Bryce is not the guy. So that's why I'm very focused on it. As far as win loss, I don't know. Obviously, if they go to the playoffs, that's a success. Um, if they don't go to the playoffs, I wouldn't necessarily say it wasn't a successful season. If Bryce Young looks good, um, if he looks bad, they don't make the playoffs, and yeah, that's that's a problem. If he looks good, they don't make it, then you know, hey, it is what it is. Uh, the team still has holes that they haven't fixed, and they, they'll need to fix moving forward. But it's not like we're looking at the Panthers as a team that's going to come in right away, like start winning divisions year in and year out. Maybe some of you do. I just don't think that should be the expectations heading to the year. Now, the hope is that that can happen, but will it happen right away? I don't know. It's a process, and this doesn't feel like something that the Panthers' um, new brass is really trying to rush through moving forward. They tried to do it with Matt Rule, who talked about, oh, hey, you know, Jay-Z, seven years. He thought he was going to have more time as he continuously talks about this organization. Now that he's uh, out there in the land of chili and uh, cinnamon rolls, but no, come on, dude. Your process was messed up. The process is much better here in Carolina this offseason. All right, now speaking of Bryce Young and expectations, Josh, 
is asking me this. Should we be worried about overhyping Bryce Young when the pre-season starts? He will be a competent quarterback, which is something we haven't had in quite some time. Yes. So could people start getting a little crazy because he looks great compared to what we've seen lately? Excited to see what he can do, but I don't want to get too wild. And I appreciate that, Josh. It's always important to have a level head. I would hope that when you listen to this show, whether you love me or you don't, that you feel like I come across with a level head, that I don't get too high, don't get too low. Now, certainly, I'm going to tell you how I feel about things, and we're all privy to get a little bit overexcited or maybe a little bit you know, too negative in certain situations. But I, I hope that you think when you listen that, okay, Julian sounds like a reasonable person when he's out there evaluating the Carolina Panthers and talking about this organization. I hope that's what you think. If you don't, well, I mean, I guess that's maybe just your prerogative. Maybe, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm not. I don't know. But either way, we got to be reasonable. And that's what I've been talking about this offseason, having a reasonable expectation for Bryce Young. And we talked about it on Wednesday's show when we were breaking down the rookie class, whether it be the draft class or the UDFAs and all that, and what the expectations should be for them going into the season. Obviously, for Bryce Young, the expectation is to start every game. He's already QB1 heading into training camp, earned that job back before mandatory minicamp started. The expectation is for him to start week one and then hopefully stay healthy, play well, and start all 17 games of the season here in 2023. I also brought up Mike Clay of ESPN.com and the projections that he had for Bryce Young, who he projects to be the best of the rookie quarterbacks here in 2023, projecting Bryce Young to throw for 3,553 yards and 19 touchdowns. The justification is that 12 quarterbacks picked either first or second overall since 2011, so that's Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud this year, appeared in at least 10 games as a rookie. And I would hope that Bryce Young would appear in all 17 games as a rookie. Those 12 averaged 3,389 yards and 17.4 touchdown passes. So he's projecting Bryce Young to be slightly above average, from what those quarterbacks over the last 11 years have done in their rookie seasons, those, of course, that have been drafted first or second overall. That would be good for the Carolina Panthers. And there was a show I had way back when, too, where I looked at some of the rookie seasons, like Trevor Lawrence had, comparable, like Trevor Lawrence, like Joe Burrow, even looked at Mac Jones as a first-round quarterback who came and started week one and all that. I just looked at him, and I kind of said, hey, if Bryce Young has this, this is great. If he has that, maybe not as great. But if Bryce Young puts up the numbers that Mike Clay is talking about, 3,553 yards and 19 touchdowns, who's going to object to that? That would be great. In particular, when I brought up the other day, you look at Darnold's numbers combined the last two seasons, they wouldn't be that. They weren't that. And you look at what Baker was doing, not great. And when you looked at what Teddy Bridgewater did, Teddy Bridgewater was an average quarterback. He gave you average quarterback play. Even though when it really mattered most, he takes a bad second against New Orleans. Offensive line's going to be better, but he can't get you down the field. What's the play calling there against the Raiders and all that? Plenty of just organizational failures that year. With Bridgewater, the offensive line, Joe Brady being in over his head in that situation. But Teddy B didn't have it. He doesn't have it. If we're just being honest with ourselves and looking at the player in totality, what he's done throughout his career, he just doesn't have it. But he was fine. He was fine. Didn't turn over a lot. Did have more turnovers than he typically has in his career. But Kyle Allen, turnover machine. Not so, Even when they were winning games, Kyle Allen turned football over. And you just can't win that way. If Bryce Young can come in, be steady, earn respect to the team, take care of the football, and put up those numbers, then 
That would be great. So I don't think anyone's overhyping Bryce going into the season. I think there's still plenty of people who are excited, obviously. Hey, you have a rookie quarterback. You have number one overall pick. You were the talk of the draft for the six whatever weeks leading up to it. Really, I mean, probably even longer than that. Six, seven, whatever. The two months leading up to the draft. You were the talk of the draft. So you had that excitement. You had the NFL's attention. You're on Monday Night Football on in week two in your home opener. Like, there's a lot to be excited about. I don't think there's a lot of people going out there and saying that, hey, Bryce Young's going to go out there and lead the Panthers to the Super Bowl year one. I don't think that's any what anyone's saying. Now, if anything, if we're talking about overhyping Bryce Young, the person who did that's David Tepper when he said that they drafted Bryce Young because of the quarterbacks available this year, he gave him the best opportunity not to win a Super Bowl, to win Super Bowls. So if anyone's overhyping Bryce Young and placing unreasonable expectations, it's the owner. Now, does it really matter what he says in that situation? No, he's excited getting in over, you know, getting ahead of himself, which, hey, that's what David Tepper's done since we've known him here in Carolina. I just don't think that there's been too many crazy things said about Bryce. Now, there's going to be things on the one end of the spectrum and the other one. Like, it's going to be people who think he's going to suck and get hurt. There's people who think he's going to be great and be the just the MVP of the NFL. I think most people are probably like right here. This is the middle. I think most people are like right here where they're like, all right, we got a competent quarterback who is smart and already won the job. Now he has all the preseason to get those snaps, the ones and to be prepared with a quarter, with a coach and a coaching staff that know how to work with a rookie quarterback. We should be fine. And he could be able to help us win games and be the reason we win games later on in the season. That's how I think some Panther fans are looking at it. I think that's how the majority of Panther fans are probably looking at the situation with Bryce Young. So, no, I don't really feel like he's being overhyped, but if he is, it's by the owner, not the fan base. Speaking of uh, expectations and potentially overhyping a player, Terrace Marshall has probably been overhyped at some point in his career. He enters year three fighting for his job, possibly? Probably not, but still fighting for a spot in the top three at wide receiver. What? Expectations should we have for him? I'll answer that here a moment on Locked On Panthers. The Carolina Panthers are looking at an overhauled wide receiver core here in 2023. Out is DJ Moore. Out is Robbie Anderson. In is Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, Demir Bird, and Jonathan Mingo. The holdovers are Shai Smith, LaVisca Chenault, and one Terrace Marshall Jr., who showed some promise in the final weeks of the season in 2022, operating as the number two wide receiver in Ben McAdoo's offense, taken over by interim head coach Steve Wilkes, and made some people think that, okay, hey, maybe the light bulb was finally coming on for Terrace Marshall, who dealt with injuries, was a healthy scratch multiple times under Matt Rule, but maybe now, new coaching staff, we already saw, with a new head coach, things change for Terrace Marshall as far as his snaps and his ability and what he showed. Now a better scheme, great wide receiver coach in Sean Jefferson, and an actual quarterback, hopefully, Terrace Marshall can have a big breakout season. Now I have Chuck, who asked me, do you think Terrace Marshall will have his first 1,000-yard season? I think he will have a breakout year. What say you? Simply, I would say I do not think that's going to happen, Chuck. I hope it happens. 
as I hope that everyone has a thousand yard receiving season. This is the greatest offense of all time. But I don't believe that will be reality, of course, because that would just be insane. I don't think that's going to happen for Terrace Marshall this season. Um, why? Why? Because it doesn't look like he's going to be the number one option coming into the year. Now, just because he doesn't appear to be the number one option coming into the season does not mean that he cannot turn into the number one option, whether it's based off of his own merit and ability or based off of you know injuries, which probably be the most likely scenario for Terrace Marshall at this point that Thielen, Shark had injuries, and then Terrace had to step up and be that number one guy for the team in their absence. I think that's more likely than Terrace Marshall getting enough snaps to then be above Adam Thielen and DJ Shark. It's in the realm of possibility. I just don't think it has the greatest possibility of the two scenarios there that I just laid out for you. I do think he can have his best season as a Carolina Panther, though. I do believe that. Just look at the opportunities. That's really when you break it down. I don't know if there's a thousand yard receiving season. I don't think there's a thousand yard receiving season. A thousand yard receiving receiver. Good lord, on this team. I don't think that is the case. Thielen, 700 yards last year. He's done it in his career twice, back to back seasons. But that's he's pretty far removed from that. And at 33, I just don't see that happening. Would be an amazing career renaissance if he could. I just don't see that happening. DJ Chark, just based off of every year in his career, aside from one, he hasn't been that consistently. So it's hard to buy into that, especially when you think about the injuries. But if healthy, I think he can be a solid wide receiver for you. I could see the Panthers having a couple guys, you know, have six, 700 yards receiving. I can see that happening. I don't think there's just going to be one player that just goes over the top and becomes, you know, that thousand yard guy. It's possible someone could get close to it. I just don't see a thousand yard receiving uh, receiver here on the roster this upcoming season. And again, when I mention with wide receiver, while overall I'm, you know, pretty unimpressed by the unit, there are more options. And when there's more options, you're not going to just be leaning on one guy, which we've seen in the past. Like, DJ Moore has been the one constant. So when you have someone as good as DJ, you're going to be looking for him. That's who you're going to. But when you don't have that obvious target, you're going to want to spread the ball around. And when you watch Bryce Young at Alabama, that's kind of what he did. And coming to the NFL, I think that's what he's going to want to do again. Now, Thielen's going to get a ton of snaps. Chark's going to get a ton of snaps. I think those are the two main targets at wide receiver. Hayden Hurst, he's going to be part of the passing game. I would imagine that Miles Sanders will be a part of the passing game as well. We'll see maybe even Raheem Blackshear out of the backfield could be a part of the passing game. Like That's already four players that I feel, at least three of them, Chark, Thielen, and Hurst, I feel very confident will probably be the top three targets for Bryce Young this upcoming season. So how many targets does that leave for Terrace Marshall or for Jonathan Mingo or for LaVishka Chenault? Probably not that many. I think they're just going to utilize all the guys that they have and do it really by committee and not just by, hey, we got to just feed this guy as much as possible if we're going to have any chance of winning football games. I don't think that's going to be in this coaching staff's mind. They're just going to want to find as many options out there, and there are going to be plenty of opportunities, I think, for a lot of guys in this offense. I just don't think there's just going to be enough opportunities for like one singular player. I just also don't think that there's a player on this roster who – has shown consistently recently enough of the, the ability to have a thousand yard receiving season or at least to really bank on it and bet on it 
It can happen. I'm not saying it can't. They play 17 games now. So, yeah, we saw last year, and we've seen how – you can see how difficult it can be. So, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens. I just feel like it's going to – the ball is going to get spread around so much that it would be hard for Terrace Marshall, for really anyone – other than maybe Thielen or Chark to um, – and probably Chark is probably the guy who has the best chance of doing it. I just feel like it would be difficult for really anyone outside of those top two wide receivers to have a 1,000-yard receiving season this upcoming season in Carolina. I also feel like they're going to be pretty balanced. Like, they're probably only looking for, you know, 250 passing from Bryce. I don't think they're really looking for a lot of 300-yard passing games. They're probably just going to really be like, hey, Bryce, go out there. You know, if you can get give us 225 yards, give us a touchdown – you know, take care of the football, then, like, we'll run the football and do all that kind of stuff. I feel like they'd be fine with that. And I think they probably think they can win that way because you're not really asking a rookie quarterback again to go out there and make a ton of plays for you. So if you look at the numbers we brought up earlier, if he's throwing for 3,553 yards, do you think one guy in this roster is getting 1,000 of those? I, I, don't, I don't think that would be the case. So we'll see how it pans out. But I do think Terrace Marshall, who um, showed some signs last year, can be a good player. It's just hard to even say that he could be a thousand yard receiving receiver, or God, having so much trouble saying that thousand yard receiving receiver without even knowing if he's even going to be one of your top three receivers at the wide receiver position, considering that this coaching staff drafted Mingo, whereas, as Mike put it, this front office drafted Marshall. Who do they prefer? We will see. Also, well, it really matters who wins the job. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where I'll be back again next Friday answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me over on Twitter to get those questions into me throughout the week. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I will talk to you on Monday as we continue the countdown to training camp.